0: 14 years ago, I had an operation on my arm. Now I, I feel a dancing. I'm afraid to cut
1: it, you know? You'll do it, Henry. Anyway. I'd be happy to
2: Do it. Uh, we decide on all the official ratings and rankings for every film that we cover, and we are making a list. I checked yeah. it last week. What we was got it like
3: fifty something.
2: Yeah, we're we're getting pretty close to sixty films that we've covered nice. so far on the show. Uh, and there's That's you crazy. know <laughs> on all the social media, there's a link to where you can see the ongoing ranking uh, list that we've got going. But it's been it's been a long journey. We've been going at it for a little while here. Yeah. Um, uh, Patreon subscribers, you guys also get an on air shout out and two bonus episodes every single month which we've been doing for many months now so there's like something like 12 or 13 bonus episodes just sitting in the back catalog so we yeah. haven't made the jump yet tons of episodes even just go check out which episodes are there <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> i forgot a lot of them but there's a lot in there <laughs> yeah um, we got like
3: over 12 hours now of
2: uh, audio that's awesome but speaking of which we do have one patron new patron to thank uh this week and that is emil oh god whole hog hog there's two A's in there, so that's probably wrong. So we but, apologize. But meal. But we appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us. I see that you also subscribe to the Struggle Session podcast. So oh, nice. So thanks so much uh, for hopping on over, over from Leslie's show to our show. And we we, we love traders around here. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, We love them. Uh, as always, uh, I'm your host, Josh Lewis. And always, as well, joining me, co-host. Jamie Miller. Jamie Miller. Welcome back. Um, next time we'll just we'll introduce each other that's yeah <laughs> yeah that's how it'll go uh we're, we're trying to get into saying our names because we haven't been on the show for a long yeah, we've, time we've been bad at and we feel yet. like we've been picking up new listeners and uh and they're probably like, who, they're the probably the like are who, are who are these people i don't know <laughs> it's fine uh free listeners two weeks ago would have been the last time uh you guys would have heard from us and that would have been uh we would have had scout Tefoya. Yeah. of uh, RogerEbert.com and all kinds of uh, video essays and writings on on film. Um, and he brought on uh, two 70s f- British folk horror uh, films, uh, The Blood on Satan's Claw, yeah. which was a bit of a, a Satan-worshipping-kids-these-days kind of movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> and uh, he paired it with uh, Captain Cronus, Vampire Hunter, which was sort of one of the more uh, underseen Hammer horror films about a very uh, hunky vampire hunter. Yeah. Who, uh, I mean, he mostly hunts vampires, but he has a katana and a swashbuckling <laughs> <Yeah>. pirate sword. <laughs>
3: and they were going to go on, on to do more things, and unfortunately, and yeah, it's we also a, it's that, also it a seems.
2: detective story. It's yeah. a, it's a genre bender, and we actually liked that movie a lot, and we were glad that Scout brought both those on. So if you haven't heard that episode, it's for free. Two weeks ago, go back, check it out. Uh, but for patrons, you guys would have heard from us just last week, and we would have been talking Abel Ferreira's Miss 45. Yeah. Um, and uh, on request from one of our patrons, Steve Carlson, we paired it with 1987 Street Trash, Heck of which a has film. all kinds <laughs> of uh, disintegrating, exploding, gooey homeless people. Oh, yeah. Which is, uh, it was a weird one. Very
3: odd. It, we it really didn't. <laughs> stick to anything of a consistent yeah like the tone was consistent I will say that yeah it's definitely Plot-wise indicative of a,
2: of a very certain time and place and, <laughs> and uh, I don't know that I want to be there but it was it was it was worth <laughs> yeah. looking at oh yeah
3: I uh, had a lot of fun with that movie uh,
2: so that for you guys uh, is available obviously on on Patreon that was last week's episode but moving on to this week we've brought on a uh, special guest uh, a writer of on both film and video games, uh, one that I uh, enjoy reading all the time, all, all the takes. Uh, we got <laughs> Jay Rosenfield. Jay, how are you doing?
1: Hey, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me.
2: Oh, no problem at all. So, Jay, this is kind of the part of the show where we ask you what two films you thought needed to be discussed on this show, and why you paired them together
1: right well what I've brought today is two uh 1977 debut feature uh horror films um both the first the debut feature from each of their directors and that's David Lynch's Eraserhead and Nobuhiko Obayashi's House um two films that I really really love and two filmmakers I really love
2: dang well that's as good an any introduction as we're pretty much gonna gonna get out of these kind of these are hard to describe (laughs) films to someone who maybe hasn't seen them. I think
3: we have to get in depth really to talk about (laughs) (laughs) that.
2: But uh I have a feeling that a lot of people who listen to the show are gonna be very interested in David Lynch and um have hopefully already checked out House, but w- if you haven't, I would, before we get into these films, I would actually recommend it. We don't always do this before the show starts. Yeah. We usually, usually just we, we usually recommend we just coming on in and having already, you know, if you haven't seen the film, um, if you have, just listen in. Uh, but this is one where I think the discussion is going to get pretty lost pretty fast for people who
1: maybe don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, th- this conversation is going to be like nonsense if you haven't seen either of these <laughs> films. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if that interests
2: you too, you know, what, feel free. Whatever you want to do. Uh, but with that being said, we usually kind of kick it off with the more popular film or the more well-known film first. And uh, just on the basis of David Lynch's sort of prominent career. That happens to be a uh, Racerhead. I actually didn't even know House was the debut film by Obayashi. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, yeah. I definitely didn't. But man, these are <laughs> these are odd films to kick off a career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, but, they just went for it. Oh yeah. Uh, so I say that I guess we'll just get right into it. What do you say, a Racerhead? Racerhead. All right. All right, we are talking Eraserhead, the 1977, uh, Wikipedia calls it a, a body horror film. But Hmm. uh, Lynch seems to kind of defy genre uh, with his own style. Uh, People like to call him surrealist, which I guess is true. But even when you compare him with other surrealist filmmakers, you're kind of like, this is something else. He has a very visceral, nightmarish quality to him. And he seems very terrified of the entire world and everything in it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And this this film, uh, being his first film in particular, seems to be vaguely about just the torment of existence itself uh yeah. and yeah i mean i guess that's as good a place as any to start <laughs> yeah
3: for, for <laughs> sure i mean i think the a great starting point would be just how they set tone with audio yes. i mean i've never Very i don't think i've design. ever heard uh you know or seen a film with this type of background for an hour and a half it's essentially just piling on you this kind of Anxiety that that just goes throughout the entire Lynch, film. Lynch, never Lynch, I think, up.
2: described it as sort of just like an ominous room tone. That he was just he was obsessed with the sounds yeah. that you hear when you think you're in complete silence. Right, um, and that's what is kind of piling on in the background of this film throughout the entirety of it is obviously this this main character uh, Henry. Oh, what's his last name? Spencer, Henry Spencer, played by Jack Nance, um, who's kind of living in like the remnants of a of a industrialized. Um, I, I mean, I guess I guess Americana, like a suburb, sort of. Yeah. But the the way that Lynch films it on this sort of like low budget like sci-fi esque kind of story, like. yeah, yeah. It, it takes on a a sort of cosmic quality to it. For um, sure when it when it uh especially when it opens which is <laughs> kind of on like uh the image of sort of like this godlike cosmic conception is kind of what happens yeah and he's referring weird, to
3: the man that's pulling levers yeah the man of. that's
2: pulling levers on the on the planet uh his character name in the credits is just the is it the man on the moon or the man on the planet man in <laughs> yeah. the planet i think man in okay. the planet um, and now for for you Was this one of your Jamie One of your first lynches D- This I think was my second I mm. had
3: seen uh, Mul- Mulholland Drive mm. uh, But it has been like years I watched it in college So it's It was uh, <laughs> It's been a b- It's been a while I just knew that he was You know A very uh, Surrealist filmmaker And that he doesn't Throw the answers at you at all?
2: <laughs> you no. If you read any interviews with him, he specifically won't tell you any of yeah. His uh, yeah, and I've heard these. that
3: even with in regards to this film, and I'm sure plenty of other films, uh, he's said that no one has 100 percent gotten this right I, according to him. Now I don't know
1: how much of an artist he's just being there, but uh, I think he's crazy. I think he's teasing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I get the I sense with so Lynch too. a lot that he likes to like. You know, he's very aware of his reputation, and I yeah. think he likes to needle people like that. Like, oh, you—you you didn't really get my secret meaning. <laughs>
3: like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, right. I, I, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because I, like, I was, I was looking at a couple uh, reviews after just to get a better grasp of what I just witnessed, and uh, <laughs> and from what I gathered, I I agreed with them. Uh, you know, there was the, I think it was a, about like a fear of fatherhood in a sense, a fear of that kind of commitment to. Family life um, and that kind of anxiety that it can bring on somebody. Um, there are a bunch of things that he talks about in this film, obviously, oh, yeah. but that I think was one of the major themes. Him almost looking at his child like it's like this monster, and uh, <laughs> he can't he can't even seem to love
2: it (laughs) no and it it, jack nance i think gives a good performance in the film where he's constantly looking at this screaming like mutant baby in the corner of his room and he's always looking at it and (laughs) it's like he's trying to figure it out yeah well because because i I feel like he just sort of like that sort of compounding oppressive daily life that he feels he's just like man you know what i get it i want to scream all day too And it's it's almost like there's, there's like a, like a he he pities it. He wants to help it, but at the same time, he's just like, I can't even figure this shit out for myself. Right, like Uh, he doesn't know
3: how. I just he has a, I guess because maybe it's coming from the instinct that you'd have as a as a father that you'd want to help your child, regardless of the fact Mm -hmm. it looks like the spawn of Satan. But uh, it's just being in this world that he's in that's clearly Mm -hmm. very, uh, you know, it's it's holding him down as well as other people. Uh, he feels like there's no real he doesn't have the answers and he doesn't have uh he, he doesn't know how to approach it at all
2: no and i mean this is a movie that i mean uh ends on the uh i would i would describe it as blissful infanticide <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he's pretty pleased with it
3: <laughs> you, like uh, the the death of the the baby is. That what yes,
2: you're... like where he where he sort of like un, unwraps it, and it's it's mm. it's very grotesque uh, because obviously the baby was born sort of into the world without the uh, even a fully functioning body. When he when he unwraps the bandages, did he it's, it's know a bit that of, when he a, does it? No, okay, because it, it feels like I... it's, it's a bit of reveal that the bandaging actually is just revealing organs. Yeah, and then he starts stabbing the organs, and he there's this sort of like big. Uh, <laughs> Sort of, there's a lot of crazy cutting and there's a lot of uh, sparks flying because obviously David Lynch uh, also seems terrified of just like electricity. Yeah. Uh, oh,
1: absolutely.
2: <laughs> definitely. I imagine him looking at like sockets and just like,
1: Freaked
2: like 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 with a very like untrustworthy face. He
3: definitely <laughs> has those little plugins for every single one around his house.
1: In Twin Peaks: The Return, there are so many just like ominous shots of electrical sockets, um, <laughs> like and then that movie is that. Oh boy, did I say it? Yeah, you Uh called it a movie. (laughs) Sorry, that's one of my patented takes, everybody. Um,
2: (laughs) I did hear about that. uh, (laughs) The debate. Yeah, the debate. (laughs) The great debate. I can't (laughs) be a part of it. it. I haven't watched it yet. Well, you 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 should because I thought about you watching this because I remember oh, you yeah. saying that you hadn't watched a lot of Twin Peaks. Uh, uh, yeah, I only
3: watched the first season. You and only I started watched the, the first... second, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna get into it again. It was just well, it was interesting. At the time, it was a lot to take in, and I just kind of Eraserhead was
2: actually my biggest David Lynch blind spot. I was watching this for the first time too. Oh, yeah, it was my yeah. biggest blind spot, so I was glad to fill it. But uh, in terms of sort of like like. Uh, and sort of general construction. This movie is the most resembles what Twin Peaks: The Return actually ended up being. Okay. Um, a lot. I of, agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like watching this, I was like, "Holy crap! This is Twin Peaks: The Return!" And I was, but it came out like
1: forty years ago yeah, <laughs> before. Yeah. Okay. There's a shot. The shot of the um, when the guy wipes the eraser dust off the table, and there's the shot of just the white specks floating. Like that shot it might even be that exact shot that he reused is in is in episode eight of the return.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, or, or it looks identical.
2: Uh, yeah. But yeah the, and, and all these sort of abstract stuff with the man uh, in the planet and stuff like that. There's a lot of that in twin peaks, the return too. It's pretty yeah. nuts. Okay. Yeah, I'm
3: definitely, but but yeah, Jay, you've seen in.
2: like most of Lynch's stuff, right? You're like a, yeah, a Lynch connoisseur.
1: There's one or two that I haven't seen, but I have, I think I've seen most of his stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't, does, not, don't
2: remember which ones. Where is Eraserhead on 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 there for you?
1: Um, Eraserhead's interesting because it is like a lot of first features. It feels like the moment where Lynch was like, "I gotta get everything out because <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna make another movie. This might be my last. Cha- I gotta." And and House is actually similar in a lot of ways. But like a lot of like directorial debuts, it's this feeling of like I have to say everything I have to say. <laughs> I have to do use every technique. And every image that's been in my head, I have to put into this movie. Um, and that's why, like when you skip ahead to the return, it's a he's a filmmaker who's not just because he's aged, obviously, but he's a lot more subdued. He's a lot more uh, confident in terms of just like, I can, you know, there's like a scene in the return, which is just a shot of a guy sweeping a floor for five minutes that would never fly <laughs> in a racer because a racer head has this like manic energy. It's just like, I have to fly from one thing to another. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's
2: pretty relentless for it's pretty short runtime.
3: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those rare films. I mean, and I don't mean this in a bad way, it actually did feel longer than it was mm. just because I felt like so much was coming, like, just, just attacking me all at once, so... hmm and it's, yeah. it's,
2: it's very... Um visually controlled obviously yes. uh that's just sort of a staple of, of of lynch in general and and also tonally controlled there's a constant you talked about it before of uh like a sort of like a, a paranoia and a a sort of <laughs> just yeah. a terrified feeling directed at sort of almost the entire world and the o- the only sort of moments of because um, w- what kind of like makes lynch special is that as much as people will you know a lot on him um Praise for a lot of his horror elements because there and there's some horrifying sequences in a lot of his work in Mulholland Drive and uh, God the uh, the opening uh, sequence of or the I guess the opening episode of of The Return is uh, absolutely terrifying. It's kind of there's a lot of moments of also like relief and grace um, that come um, just very sparingly in the Lynch project and I'm thinking particularly here um, of uh, Henry's trips into the radiator. Yeah, <laughs> um, but
3: even those seem to turn dark at one point. It seems they he can do. always he can focus for like the first five minutes and yeah. tr- maybe get some uh, some actually good vibes out of whatever he's he's witnessing or thinking about and then all of a sudden she's stomping little spermoids uh, <laughs> to a pulp well because that's just it. it's that, it's that even face.
2: even the uh the anxieties that he's having in the real world even are following him into his own fantasies yeah which is what right. it's what's becoming kind of horrible i love mm-hmm. how much they mention the fact that he's on vacation yeah. right now and i'm <laughs> yeah. like this is the worst vacation anyone has ever had for real <laughs> He's like, I'm going to sit at home and all of the sort of like work sounds that I hate are going to follow me and all.
3: And he has no escape. Even the window is just a brick brick wall. wall. (laughs) Like there's just absolutely nothing that isn't a, a a modern architecture, modern technology uh, that's just sweeping into his life. He can't escape anything. He can't escape the world for a second. And
2: the, the, the constant like uh, humming and whirring of Mm -hmm. the, of the factory and all these sort of like. Inhuman noises and all these weird, um, sort of like uh, like off kilter uh, like shot choices and stuff. Uh, maybe not shot choices. Uh, I would guess uh, more like blocking. I'm thinking mm. uh, of the bit where th- the worst family dinner of all time oh takes <laughs> place in this movie. Uh, he goes over to Henry goes over to his girlfriend's place because the he has um, uh, I guess he's, he's impregnated his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, which, which the film I think sort of vaguely alludes to in that opening scene. Cause the sort of like worm that comes out of his mouth goes v- sort a of resemble. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it, and it resembles the baby that the mutant baby right. that they have, but, While he's the first, when he first gets into the house and he's just sitting there on the couch beside his girlfriend, and his girlfriend is having like panic attacks while his mom, while the mom is questioning him, and in the corner of the room, just interrupting everything, is just a bunch of puppies like getting food from their mother, and it's these disgusting like suckling noises that are just. In the corner of the room, and it almost overpowers the dialogue. Yeah, and you're just like. I also
3: think watching something as wholesome as
2: just puppies being fed from their mother would be not an anxiety inducing <laughs> moment, but Lynch finds a way. Well, that's just it. Is he's uh, that that also translates obviously to all, with his own kid? Is that's how he views, views it? There's something sort of like it's it's natural, but it's disgusting. Right. Right. Exactly. Is <laughs> kind of how it ends up going
1: what I love about that scene is how Henry like it's it's the first half of this movie is this weird like black comedy that's very there's a lot of truth to it like it, it, there is something truthful about like m- yeah, meeting your girlfriend's parents and going over to dinner at their houses can be awkward and uncomfortable mm. um, but if it's so like heightened and nightmarish in the way that Lynch depicts it and I love that Henry during that scene is just like over this cacophony and his girlfriend is having this like breakdown um, he's just very like she's just trying to keep calm and like trying to continue the conversation (laughs) with the mom is like trying to pretend that nothing around him is happening. And not, not even like this is not, not even that this is a normal situation to him. It's presented as he is aware of how weird everything is, but he's trying to pretend like, Oh, this is fine. Everything's fine. I'm just having a conversation.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then obviously the actual dinner happens and the dad comes in yelling. And I, is it, is it the grandma who's in the kitchen? Yeah, and she's I just so. lifeless. It's like,
3: uh, yep. yeah, yeah. There, it's life is taking a toll on her, <laughs> on grams.
2: Yeah, it doesn't, it, it just, it, it does seem like this is like the... I'm pretty
3: sure she's just chain smoking and talking to nobody in the in the. This uh, is like Existence
2: is Pain, like the movie. It's, yeah. It's pretty, <laughs> it, it, it's pretty yeah. dreadful. Uh, and the, uh, one of the best and weirdest moments in it is the <laughs> bit with the chickens. Oh my God! Yeah. Yes, where they bring in all these tiny roast chickens, um, and I don't remember what the. Do you, Jay, do you remember what the line is that they say about the chickens? Like, are these like real chickens, or are these like? They're man-made. Yeah, they're That's man- with the dead. Yeah, they're man-made, like
3: weirdo. Oh, okay, like, do so you think that maybe kind of connects to like the child as well? How how he views like because eventually once he sticks it in, it starts to bleed. Yeah, right, and, and it
2: starts like twitching, and then the mom is like get like almost euphoric like thinking about it for some reason. Yeah. I don't know if she's just really hungry and then that, has a big and, old smile and that, on that face. very quickly turns into just like absolute horror as she like runs screaming out of the room. Yeah. And again that's <laughs> That's sort of the line that Lynch walks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the entire film. Yeah, it's just like this this weird sort of like... There's something uh, strange, but also sort of almost beautiful sometimes. And then you're just like, actually, this is horrifying um, yeah. and I want to die. Like <laughs> even the
3: moments of... I, I mean, you could yeah, somewhat call it a blissful moment for him when he um, gets with the, the neighbor who is coming on to him or whatever. And it right. almost seems like he's... You know, he's enjoying himself, obviously, but then it's just, a, he essentially drowns in, the yeah. quite literally, uh, in kind of, I think, the, the guilt that comes along with that, because, I mean, he's still, he still, at this point, he still has that wife, she's just, mm-hmm. she's left is that yeah right?
2: yeah and, and he's supposed to be taking care of the baby while she's right. cause she, i think she's only supposed to leave for like a day is the implication right and she's gonna come back yeah but again don't know i wouldn't want to come back to that <laughs> no it, look, it looks pretty terrifying <laughs> absolutely because those baby <laughs> screams are just oh they're
1: they're horrible it never ends no. When she leaves, there's that great moment where she's um, digging under the bed and trying to pull something out and, like, shaking the bed. And it goes on for so long. <laughs> yeah. And it's such like the movie in my- a microcosm. Like, so you know that you feel like something horrible is happening just off screen and, like, Lynch isn't telling you what it is. Like, the dogs in, in uh, the parents' house, like, you hear the noise for a little while before he shows you what is making the noise. And it's just like this horrible feeling in the back of your head, like, Oh God, something terrible is going on. And I can't see it. And it, the, when she's trying to, and it's just like a suitcase, I think that she <laughs> yeah, actually, pulls yeah, out.
3: Exactly. <laughs>
1: but there's this like long stretch where Lynch is like, what horrible thing is under the bed?
3: Yeah. And I think that kind of builds on the, ex- the, the feeling of anxiety because a lot of when, you know, you're feeling anxious, you kind of tend to overthink things and, and yep. maybe see things for, uh, worse than they actually are, and then I think that's what he's kind of doing, he's kind of teasing you in a way, he's poking at you and going like there could be some crazy ass shit and sometimes there are, and then sometimes it's just a woman f- try- finally getting her briefcase freed, so
2: It's a, it's how quickly something like mundane like that can become horrifying Right, exactly um, And Lynch actually had a great quote that I, I read in an interview talking about the movie where um, they were kind of talking about how um, The same way that there's something just always outside of frame, Lynch's characters are always still, like, they're they're looking, they're searching, they're always trying to, like, you know, find the answer, almost. Mm -hmm. Um, And Lynch's quote about that was that... um, he thinks everything should be looked at because there could be clues in It's yeah. kind of the idea. Definitely um, makes
3: films that way too. <laughs> yeah, that's, a,
2: that's just kind of kind of it. And I, I feel like that's kind of like what Henry is doing. That Henry's kind of walking through a very confusing, a very um, horrible experience. And he's just kind of like looking at the next thing. You can see him sort of like projecting fantasies onto the neighbor and then some of them come to yeah. reality. And then those don't obviously work out because they were fantasies. And they're,
3: and they're not morally correct either, what no. he's
2: doing. So it's... And then he goes into the radiator and there's uh, the girl with the the cheeks, the dancer.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and he kind of sees a bit of like a like something of, of a relief there, but obviously when he goes into the sequence later and the, the child is in the back of his head, uh, he gets decapitated and then out of his chest pops the mutant baby head, like yeah. yelling and there's blood all over the floor. And even in his dreams he can't even escape some of this stuff. And it's just... Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's,
3: well, speaking of that, since we're there, um, what what do you guys have like a a take on kind of that the the entire eraser sequence? Because that was one part that I was kind of like I feel like Lynch was really going out there at that point, and I wasn't sure if I understood the symbolism. Mm, well, because
2: he because he works at the printer factory, right? Is that okay? The, that's the thing. Like he works at that factory. I think is supposed to be mm-hmm.
3: the imp- oh, okay. Okay. So
2: he's on vacation from the sort of like printing factory. Um, and then what happens, and I guess in his his dream, is that his decapitated head is picked up by a kid who is scavenging kind of in the same area that he was walking around in earlier right. in the film. This sort of like industrial wasteland type thing. almost like the, the exact
3: puddle place where he steps in. Exactly. At the beginning of the film. Yeah, it's yeah.
2: all like concrete and steel and steam, and it's just, mm-hmm. it's it, it looks horrifying. And the little kid picks up his decapitated head and then he takes it to the factory and then they reuse his head to turn it into erasers right for right. the for the pencils right that's what they do okay so then he's just like even in my own death where my child takes my my, my actual body, taking from my, I, I It can't even be done there. Okay. I need to be like completely humiliated. I need to be turned into uh, the, the thing. very product
3: that I was <laughs> working. Yeah, yeah that's the, a, that's
1: like haunting me already. Yeah, the very
3: technology that that has been haunting him. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, that's even more frightening. There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to me, that sequence is all about like like a lot of this movie to me is about this the fear of like industrialization and mm. like like he lives in this terrible city, where everything, you know, factories seem to be all around him, and even when he's on vacation, he can't escape this, like, you know, this background noise uh, to his life. And, um... That, you see, you know, with the man made chickens, too, like the idea that you, fa- this factory made thing has taken something natural and made it just disgusting and <laughs> grotesque. Yeah,
3: and even the plants, I mean, there's there's no actual yeah. real wildlife in this. I guess there's, the dogs there's, there's are a like pile the only of dirt see. with yeah, a dead tree with sitting a dead in it. <laughs> tree. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's, that's home, you know? <laughs> Homey. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, uh, there, there's y- you just feel such a lack of life and. and uh, there's absolutely and it's black and white so there's no color to hold on to either it's well just, no and,
2: and that's also it is that the, the little bit of life that there is looks terrible right it's kind of <laughs> yeah exactly. Kind of, like the like that baby is in pain it's yeah. sick it's sore it yeah. hates life
3: yeah at one point it right it has the sores on its, on its face and somehow it gets even more grotesque like yeah. oh
1: god the scariest shot in the movie when it cuts back to the baby and it's sick god I, I i still jump i've seen this movie probably five times and i still jump when it cuts back to the sick baby
2: yeah absolutely. it's got it's got like little uh the sores just yeah everywhere. sores all over it and it's just, oh man it's just so brutal <laughs> yeah and um there it's, that's just kind of it is it it kind of goes back and forth between this this guy is living in a in a very awful reality brought on by um you know his his own lack of answers to an industrialized world that's changing around him um and it almost doesn't seem like he can remember a world outside of this one so yeah. he's looking just for anything that any nugget of hope that he can find in it yep. um and i i love the bit um where <laughs> the uh the woman in the radiator sings the in heaven everything is fine yeah
3: yeah and
2: that that very much motivates kind of like his final actions where he's just like, you know what? It's the next life will be fine. I I bet, <laughs> or at least better than this one.
0: <laughs>
2: um, and yeah, that kind of brings us to the. Uh, we, we briefly touched upon it, but that brings us to kind of like the uh, the big climax, where the the end of the film and the beginning of the film kind of clash together, which is kind of like a big thing for Lynch, where he he likes to kind of set you up with this sort of abstract world and 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 imagery. Um, and then he likes to, you know, bring you on a bit of like a tone journey through it. Mm-hmm. And then he has characters react is kind of the, yeah. kind of the thing. And Henry's big thing is that, you know, he's just like, uh, my wife has left, uh, every, everything that I thought might work out, um, hasn't been, uh, the, the girl next door, um the little worm he gets in the mail that I don't know what he was hoping to do with, but he I think he puts it into his collection box. I think there yeah. was stuff that was cut from this about him collecting stuff and scavenging.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, there was the thing about this movie is that it's not done. Like it's it's finished, but like they shot this over the course of like six years, basically whenever they could find money <laughs> to to, to <laughs> oh, okay. afford to shoot it and to afford like film style. Like the actors in like special features, I saw them talk about how at one point all of them had to go to the Kodak store on the way to set to buy film stock. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, just so I also, they could
1: shoot that day. <laughs> um, I was say yeah, there's, I, I there's think a I... lot of stuff that they just didn't get the chance to shoot at all.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and I, I also heard that Lynch. I figured t- it was t- just
3: Lynch, just you know, had a few questions there, not giving you the answers. No, but...
2: they. This one was a pretty tough production, and I heard that Lynch actually also basically he, sometimes he would have to stop shooting and do his paper run. And then come back <laughs> yep. and resume shooting, <laughs> oh my and that's <laughs> incredible. And that he he got his paper route down so that he could do it in like an hour. And then,
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing.
2: Yeah, and apparently they Dedication. like whatever, wherever the the set was that they were shooting on, it was just like in a like an abandoned school property or something. And he just like lived there. It was okay. very it was a very so weird situation. Just
3: to speak, maybe just briefly on on how this film what this film did for him was he able to move on from this film to kind of make uh, become that prolific. Uh,
1: Surrealist films. Oh yeah, I, yeah, really I don't, know. I don't remember what I mean, film you know, festival we, he got these into. These things
3: that you're saying, where he's got a paper out and shit like that, and I'm just kind of like, well, damn! Did at least after this movie, did he get to? Yeah, know, I, move I think on. he got
2: into one. He got into the LA Film Festival, okay. and this ended up becoming obviously a bit of like a midnight cult hit at the time. Yeah, and he got noticed by a bunch of other filmmakers who were interested in these kinds of movies at the time. Yeah. And they, they kind of helped him make his next ones.
1: Okay. Um, the, his big break was his next movie, which was the elephant man, uh, mm, which only okay. came about because, uh, Mel Brooks, I think it was Mel Brooks, uh, saw a head and said, I want to help this guy, you know, have a career. And he, he is the reason that, David Lynch wasn't fired <laughs> from The Elephant Man after oh. studio people saw what he was making. Like, I think there's this famous letter where that Mel Brooks—and again, I think it's Mel Brooks. I could be wrong—sent to the uh, studio executives when they saw footage of The Elephant Man, and were like, "We can't. We have to change this. This is wrong." And he basically said, "We're only showing this to you because you're paying for it. We didn't ask for your opinion."
3: Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. So th- that's that's the reason why David Lynch has a career, basically.
3: Oh, okay. Wow that's like that i just i had no idea that the, that he was still just kind of you know your everyday working guy while he was making a racer head like yeah. i'm just like <laughs> god damn man He <laughs> figured you have like just a lot of time to really Hone in and focus on a film like this. That's that's even more incredible. Like what? A yeah. Well, I mean, the
2: the fact that it does feel sort of like complete like this yeah. is is interesting. And in to fact be in such
3: a production and, hell, I mean, and, and, yeah, yeah. And so
2: and so coherent for a film, mm-hmm. obviously that was shot over <laughs> such a long period of time and different crews. He had to change cinematographers like halfway through. Oh, okay.
0: Um,
2: but uh, but apparently one well, that's instru- too. one instructed the other one before he okay. left, kind of deal. To was get kinda, that oh, scene and, tone yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I think. I think we'll enter the reductive rating round on this one. Did we uh, say
3: the, uh, we did mention the ending when he goes up to heaven in a sense. Oh, maybe
2: we didn't, Cause but, Cause he stab- think, but he stabs the, the baby. Cause I
3: don't think we mentioned the big old baby getting to the size of like the entire room, <laughs> which is just crazy. Do you think that that was kind of a, a symbolism of his overall anxiety and fear? And it's just, exploded I, to this I, I think
2: it's taking physical form and the, the claustrophobia that yeah. he was feeling has all of a sudden on the screen at least become very literal. Right. Um, and
3: then when he gets to the end of the heaven it's like the first it's the only moment really where you where you sense some relief from his character. Oh, he's and the,
2: got a and, and, face that is
3: no longer like frightened for an hour and a half. And the, the lady with the, content, the lady with know?
2: the the lady in the radiator the, is there the to like hu- to, to, to to embrace him. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like the just,
3: one moment of oh, relief. It's so nice. And then it just your credits and you're like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic
1: it's exactly how yeah. it goes and it cuts off so abruptly at the end like i have <laughs> never really like it doesn't even like fade out gently with this moment of relief it's just like boom you're like it just cuts gave me like a, a first
3: performed vibe there <laughs> 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 they're just like we are done now yeah there's your relief for five
2: <laughs> seconds yeah yeah so we're gonna do the reductive rating round on this one uh for you jay this is the part of the show where we we, we remove all the words we remove all the nuance not really because a lot of time we'll, we we <laughs> elaborate we, yeah know. we elaborate we give we give uh some sort of closing sentences on the on the film uh but we give it a rating between one and five for our uh bookkeeping purposes for our ongoing list that we make uh for me this is a pretty easy five um I find most of Lynch stuff just is for me. Um, I just
3: love his style. Yeah, like the only I've only seen the two, but I just and Twin Peaks, but I'm right there. Yeah, with I and I mean it was
2: awesome to fill in this blind spot because uh, I I was surprised to see Lynch make something. I mean, maybe not necessarily sci-fi-ish, but this has a very sort of like black and white. Uh, it feels evocative of. Um, Fritz Lang is kind of the, yes, definitely the idea that I was getting from it, with its sort of like weirdo gothic sci-fi mm. kind of vibe to it. Yeah, um, um, which is uh, for you, I don't know if you've seen it yet. Metropolis, we'll have to watch it. No, point. that's been on. The but list but that, that's years. that's kind of like what it reminded me of in terms of images, obviously put through um, Lynch's own uh, visceral uh, nightmare style that he has of his own. Yeah, um, and <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I, it, I, this is
2: kind of one of those movies that for me that like, it's, it's more ex- experiential than anything else. Yeah. Um, and like there are descri- descriptive words that you can give to this like industrialization and the, the electricity. I love that his hair is always standing on up on end. Yeah. Like he's been electrocuted himself. Apparently his hair just did that pretty naturally. Honestly, oh, nice. they said they put some product in it, but they were like, it would stay that way for way longer <laughs> than it should have. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I just, I, I think that there's like a lot of, uh, you know, as it, anxiety and, inducing as this is and how i don't I honestly don't know how much i'm going to be able to revisit it i do think that yeah. there is moments of, of 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 grace in it um as much as there is torment um, and uh i think that um uh, colleague of the show jake cole had a nice line that he wrote about this not that long ago where he said that this film kind of depicts the the city as an alien planet that's capable of corrupting your own dna yeah, um, that's so spot on. Yeah, <laughs> wow. I, I think I, I think that that's I read that and I was like, holy shit, that's exactly what this is. And then combine that, obviously, with all these sort of like rhythmic whirring and humming and all this gorgeous imagery and um, sort of like the, the the rich, unending shadows that he manages to put in here. You feel like you're going to like sink into them. It's mm-hmm. like a weird like nightmare world. It feels like yeah. even a little bit of under the skin got uh, borrowed from this a little bit. Yeah,
3: mm. yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess th- that's just it. Um, David Lynch, uh, I will leave off with uh, another quote that he kind of had about it where someone was trying to ask him, trying to like over and over ask him to kind of explain it. And he was like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't much think about this movie. It's like, I felt this movie. He was oh, just okay. like, I had an idea uh, and it just, I was like, it's going to go in there. And that's what the movie feels like. And I think some might find that a, a, a detriment to a more confident Lynch that exists today. Sure. Um, but it, it, it looks and feels awesome for me. So yeah.
1: The famous quote, Lynch quote about this movie that you see online all the time that I don't even know if it's real, but I think it is, is when he says, you know, Eraserhead is my most spiritual film. And the interviewer says, elaborate on that. And he says, no.
3: (laughs) 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 That's amazing. That's fucking amazing. Um, That's I'm I'm going to give it a five as well. Uh, I just the something that really stuck out to me, and I think it's because I, you know, I I like to do music and things like that was the the sound design in this mm-hmm. movie it's just it's it's never it's a never ending feeling of dread and anxiety and it's coming from like these you know these these scrapes of metal and just these these almost you feel unearthly things in a way even i mean metal but
2: you know what i'm saying Yeah, it's like the hum of electricity in your wall it's like when you have like an air conditioner on except it's just heightened to the level that it's like destroying your life yeah yeah (laughs) it's
3: just like you couldn't shut it off exactly and i think uh, that uh uh, what was his name that you just gave that quote from? Because I think he's Lynch. spot on. Oh,
2: Cole, J. Cole. Yeah, yes. like
3: spot on. It truly. I feel like we quoted like, him on the Miss Forty Five one. Feels too. Like yeah. It feels like it is like an an alien replication of mm-hmm. of the world, and this mm-hmm. guy's been thrown into it, and it's it's uh, it's incredible. Um, yeah, and and having that one moment of relief at the end, and then cut to black. I just I, I loved it. Uh, from start to finish. So yeah, I'm going to give it a five beauty. And for
1: you, Jay, um, yeah, I'll give it a five. You know, I, I think Lynch has made a lot of films that are better than this. Like, obviously Mm -hmm. this being his first film, like he got better. Um, but I would still rank this pretty highly among his work. It is so, I mean, it's so singular. It's a racer (laughs) head. What else Mm -hmm. can you say about it? Yeah, that's just it. Yeah. Eventually we might have to do, I don't
2: know if we can ever get it done on the show. but I love the twin peaks movie. Oh, yeah. That, that oh, would be Fire Walk uh, phenomenal. Yeah. That's that. That I mean, every time I rewatch a Lynch movie, I'm always like, this is my favorite Lynch movie. Every now, time I watch whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, yeah. With, uh,
3: with the Twin Peaks movie, though, is it it's necessary to watch like the rest of it, right? It's necessary
2: to watch at least the, uh, this show. the, 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 the show. The first
3: two seasons of the show. Yeah. Right. Because be- it's the first two seasons in that movie. I'm a, yes. Right. Okay.
2: Yeah. And there's, there's a bit of a lull in season two. Um, but, uh, it does sort of directly connect to, um, a lot of what's happening in, in season one, in okay. season two, okay. even though it's a prequel.
1: Yeah. Okay. I would even say like, you can watch the first eight or nine episodes of season two and then watch the movie because <laughs> yeah, it's no, after no, that no, point no, that, no. that season two kind of starts to, to dip after Lynch uh, left to go work on, I think Lost Highway. Oh, that's what um, happened. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. Th-
2: that's what happened. And there's just there's a big reveal in the middle of season two that is uh, the the movie expands on um, as like sort of its centerpiece. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I definitely love
3: goes. to talk about it. I just didn't know if it'd be like a, a hours long project, and, uh, <laughs> and you know, as opposed to just we're watching a ninety minute movie or whatever. Right.
2: All right. Well, I think that'll just about do it for uh, Eraserhead. Uh, so I guess we're we're gonna jump we're gonna just do it. We're gonna jump right into house how yeah, soon. Let's do it. This movie is bad right.
3: shit as well.
0: Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, we are talking House, the 1977 uh, Japanese horror comedy uh, directed by uh, Nobuhiko Obayashi. The film stars uh, a bunch of, at the time, uh, amateur actors. Uh, it yeah, w- it mostly, would it, it have yeah. been Obayashi's, uh, as uh, Jay sort of mentioned in the, the opening, it, it, as well as um, Lynch. This would be Obayashi's debut um, film um, coming from previously he was doing experimental short films oh,
0: okay. um,
2: and also uh, Japanese commercials. Mm. uh because i were they
3: as crazy and, and out there as... honestly
2: honestly i found one and i'm gonna yeah. get you to put it into the show like not r- somewhere around here For sure but we're gonna find the audio from because it's amazing oh, uh, did you great. find the charlton heston one no, it, not the charleston heston one i found the charles bronson one Ooh, the death wish guy that's yes. what I was,
1: no, that's, i'm sorry that's the one i'm thinking of charles bronson oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm down to watch that of yeah it's it great a, i it, love that it Vandau. is
2: a, uh, uh <laughs> men's deodorant commercial basically in the vein of like the old spice ones that got like, super famous no of like way. the manly man the cowboy and he's like in his office and then he puts on some of it's called mandom mandom <laughs> deodorant he puts on yeah. he puts on mandom and there's a whole song about like mandom and like all oh, this uh, and then all of a sudden he's like a cowboy uh, with like the John Ford background and he's shooting guns and I it's Charles Bronson. Me. It's I will, amazing. I
3: will definitely, I'll just throw it in right now.
0: The a wa Mondo.
2: And yeah, so he, uh, from what I understand, a lot of his counterparts, I guess, kind of like looked down on him a little bit because he was willing to do commercials and but he was just like, look, there was money in commercials and like, yeah, you can like, still
3: get your creative Flow going, you know? Well,
2: he was just like a lot of you guys aren't getting the kind of kinds of budgets to do the visuals I want to do mm. anyway, and he was just like, you well, know, yeah, if, and you can I, tell
3: what how he was something.
2: like, if I do a commercial, uh, I get a really big budget to just kind of shoot whatever the hell I want. Yeah, um, so that was kind of his his thing on it, and that was when um, I guess one of the studios approached him. Uh, Japanese films, I guess, were sort of. A little bit on the downturn at the moment. Exploitation films in Japan were getting a little bit um, uh, not- of, of notice stale. and notoriety. Oh, okay. um, like th- this would have been around the time that like Female Prisoner was getting. Oh, yeah, uh, and so, stuff that we were talking. Yeah. But they weren't like huge hits. Oh, they weren't, okay. They weren't okay. having. Um, they they needed a like a blockbuster. Yeah. Um, they saw. They, <laughs> they saw. Went
3: with us? is that what you're about to tell me? This
2: is what I'm going to tell you is that, <laughs> is they saw Jaws. Okay. And they were like, we need. Jaws we need a Jaws that's what we need we need a summer fun sort of genre-ish entertainment hit sure and they approached him and he was like uh, apparently he was working on like a like a big art film uh Mm. called uh I think it was called Hanagatami or something like that he was working on a big art film and sort of in the vein of like a Kurosawa he wanted to make like a big Japanese art film and get recognized okay
1: fun Um, fact Hanagatami came out this year yep
2: he finally got to make it. finished it Oh yep. shit! So it was the, the, wow. the, It was the the script he was working on at the time, and the only one that he wanted to make with his screenwriting partner. But then he approached his screenwriting partner and said, "Look, this movie's probably not going to get made. Do you want to make a different movie?" And the screenwriter was like, "Okay, yeah." So then they made House. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and they mined.
3: they like his daughter helped him a lot with this. Uh, they mined
2: his daughter yeah. for. Um, I think like, child
3: nightmares in a way. That's and, just it is he, yeah. he, he
2: he asked his daughter I think he asked the his daughter um, if I were to make a jaws, <laughs> yeah. Um because I I think her, he had, she had a really great response something along the lines of he's like, I'm gonna make a Japanese movie. What would you want me to make? And she was like, Don't bother, Japanese movies are boring. <laughs> uh, uh, because they were just so well known uh in the mainstream for their art movies. Um and he was just like, Okay, but if I was gonna make like a Jaws, like what would you want it to be? And he apparently yeah. he approached her just because he was like a lot of the stuff that's scary to he was like, If I'm gonna make a Jaws you know what's the next thing i'm gonna make i gonna make, like like a bear attack movie he was just like he just felt it was so literal so he, okay. like, he went to a kid because like a child's imagination wouldn't register you know it can come up with weird shit it doesn't let yeah. reality um hinder it is kind of his idea and he wanted something strange and inexplicable um unique for sure exactly so he <laughs> asked his daughter what is the kind of shit that terrifies you and i'll put it in a movie And he also found a way to uh, infuse it with sort of his sort of like post war atomic bomb anxieties and and things like that. Yeah, because I heard
3: that he was uh, uh, like almost all of his childhood friends were wiped out from the the Hiroshima. Uh, Yeah, I don't. Which is crazy. I I
2: tried to look it up to see if it was um, uh, like in the detonation or if it was because of radiation as well. But either way a film about watching all of your friends get devoured in a home you thought was safe. Right. Seems pretty evocative. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, this is, this is pretty nuts. Uh, Jay, do you want to walk us through some of your thoughts on this one? Right. Uh,
1: this is my favorite movie of all time. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) nice. I love this movie so much. Um, to me, this, it is so full of the, uh, love of movies and not in the very cloying way that we get, a lot of the times like this movie is about the magic of cinema and it's just about how it's just about people watching movies and being happy. <laughs> and it's like, that's, I hate that. It's miserable. It's <laughs> always so cloying and just, and just terrible. Um, this movie is, is suffused with this love of like movie making and like, I'm going to use every technique. I'm going to use every like visual trick. I'm going to manipulate the frame in so many different ways. You won't, you won't even know what you're looking at. And, and it's just so like, even on, I've seen this, I don't know how many times I've seen this movie. Uh, even just rewatching it this week, I was still excited by it, by what I was seeing, um, and it's just there. There is so much uh, joy and so much uh, thrill in just that, that comes through from the first, like just in the first five minutes of this movie. There, there is more uh, excitement about. Just the process of movie making that in so many other movies.
3: Yeah, I even put in my notes. I was like, I think that this is the most upbeat horror movie I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> I was like, I feel, I feel kind of, you know, I feel frightened for the for the girls, but th- the whole time I, I had this. This ecstatic vibe going on. I was Well, just yeah. There, happy. There's this
2: very sort of like summery, like elegant, cheery music kind yeah, of going on. Yeah, Even when in the bad
3: things are happening, there's still kind of some upbeat <laughs> tunes going on. It's it's it <laughs> throws you for a loop, but in, in a good way.
2: Yeah, and and uh, speaking to the the filmmaking, obviously coming uh, to this as a commercial and short film uh, experimental filmmaker. Um, yeah. He's very clearly like how much can I fit like per minute is kind of like yeah. the mentality that he brings to this movie and I feel like
3: a lot of these like cross fades and and weird uh weird cuts and stuff like Oh yeah like he'll um zooms like he'll he'll zoom in all like it, that kind of looney tunes uh <laughs> circle into a character and then zoom back out but show the rest of the scene it's not a yeah. cut like yeah, yeah there's some weird techniques that really work and and, and Yeah that's what I
1: it's the movie is almost like terrified of editors. That's um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the sense I get. It, it, it's almost as though like he was terrified that someone was going to come chop his movie into oblivion. So he was like, "No, don't. We're not going to have an insert shot here. We're just going to like have the screen goes dark and there's a circle around this character. No yeah. insert shots. And he does that like that, he keeps using that technique of like we're not going to cut between two characters. There's a lot of wide shots. Um, and then but then he also does he do interesting things like the weirdest one of the weirdest parts of this movie is when it's uh, some one of the girls is braiding another one's hair or brushing her hair and it's just cutting to like two different angles very close and it, you're not really sure what's going on and then it cuts to the reverse and one of the girls is just opening and shutting each of her eyes um <laughs> and like that's why it looks like that <laughs> it's just it's just even even again even on this viewing i was like god that's amazing
2: yeah, it's 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 a very like fractured style. There's a lot of like repetitive cutting and there's like he's constantly sometimes changing the movements and the setups like mm-hmm. like mid shot. Yeah. Like like he'll like he'll shoot one thing and then he'll he'll cut to another angle and like the actual continuity will be off just because like he, he wants to throw the whole thing like like really off kilter and yeah. he uses like these really odd like um, there, there's one bit that's like a half freeze frame half slow-mo shot at the same time and yeah. he, he uses all these like analog effects to, to give like these matte painting backgrounds um, yeah,
3: one particular shot that's absolutely gorgeous is when the the girl gets bitten on the ass by the <laughs> by the floating <laughs> the floating head. head yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's just got this gorgeous sunset and everything. Like the use yeah. of matte paintings in this was fantastic. I think that's what it was, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: what I think. Um, I, I honestly watching this I was I was like I don't even know how he did some of this stuff yeah, like the whole yeah. like the fingers <laughs> playing the piano after they've oh. been bitten off by the piano and, st- mm-hmm. and then taking the cheery tune and like slowing it down to like a melancholy kind of tempo to it after the piano yeah. <laughs> has just <laughs> devoured one of the girls which is probably my favorite sequence of the yeah. entire movie just yeah. watching
3: like that piano come to life and, s- and get her tangled in the wiring and, like, my favorite touch oh.
2: that made me yell is when it when it cuts back to uh, the the, uh, I think is he Mr. Godo? He's the he's the T- Togo Togo. Yeah, Togo Togo. He's the, uh, the the teacher the the knight who's supposed to show and up and, and save on. all the girls. Yeah. Um, and it, it cuts to a wide shot to the car that he was uh, using to drive to the house. And it's just filled with bananas. Oh yeah, the uh, end? yeah.
3: <laughs> and, and he and he has
2: any and with a hat on. It's just a pile of bananas with a hat on. Yeah. Because uh, for some reason he was like, I don't like watermelons. I just I like bananas. And so, <laughs> so therefore was it, was he the just transforms into okay. bananas. <laughs> okay.
3: So the demon was like, all right, well there you are. You're you're bananas now. Yeah.
2: This movie is just operating <laughs> on like a weird dream logic that mm-hmm. you seem yeah, like definitely. doesn't that you like there's no rules to this movie. And and it feels like that is a really good excuse for the filmmaking, which is a no rules filmmaking of just, uh, I'm going to disobey every every kind of sort of like uh, coherency rule that there is. And I'm going to just give you this sort of like completely oddball experience. uh, And I don't think that we've had a movie like it pretty much since. No, absolutely (laughs) not. And and yeah. there, there there's parts uh, I think even when there's like flashbacks and he starts like mimicking other kinds of styles. Just a part where he does like a silent film style, yeah, and then he does like great. a sepia toned like war film style, mm-hmm. and it's just and that I, sets the tone for that scene too. Yeah, I mean it's just a flashback to the past
3: and and to kind of hone in on something that I would imagine would be uh, a filmmaking technique more so in that time. To, to explain the flashback is genius. I mean, yes, that's really cool.
2: But I, I guess we'll try to get into like the the actual story a little bit, which yeah. is, which is a little it's it's broad in the right ways, and I do love where it eventually ends on because it's it's it ends on a completely different film, but that's kind of the point um, because. Because,
3: like as if it like it starts almost like the summertime, uh, almost like a com- like a just a comedy with these girls, and then it just turns into horror as it goes.
2: Yeah, and then at the very end, it has a a one little grace note about how this whole thing is about love. Oh uh, yeah, when even though he, she incinerates, the but the, but that's just <laughs> that in its own weirdo way. It is uh, yeah, uh, just. Just, be- just because like it does feel for the ant, and that's and that's kind of the sure. thing. That's the kind of thing that happens is that um, a girl uh, at school uh, with all her friends they have summer plans. I think a lot of them are going to go to the teacher's sister's vacation house or whatever that she has there, and they're all going to hang out there. But this girl, her dad, who is a sound or a uh, a composer or a sound technician on yeah film? for films,
1: yeah, he's a composer. He's working with Sergio
2: Leone. Yes. I, I, I definitely noted that part where he was Didn't he just say like, he thinks he's better. Than yeah. He's like, Leone, said my music yep. was better than Morricone's. And I was <laughs> oh <my> like, <laughs> oh, damn, <laughs> damn, bro. Must have some pretty sweet music. man. Yeah, for real. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, so he's got a new girlfriend, possibly a wife, uh, basically, this girl's gonna get a new mom, and yeah. and I love and he that he
3: does really abruptly tell her. I think that his approach could have been a little more subtle. Oh, and, and, and I, love, in there.
2: I love that the, everywhere the stepmom walks, she's it's in like that, just it's it's a, in, in that grace. John Woo, uh, yeah. like uh, and she's so, just so graceful. She's like in an slow mo, there's like there's the wind is blowing and moving all of her, yeah, just her a, scarf around, just a beautiful and, woman, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, moving around everywhere like that. But the daughter is upset at the idea that she has a new mom, so she contacts her aunt, who uh, kind of lives uh, alone in a in a, an old family house, um, the titular house actually. Yeah. And uh, so that's when when the teacher cancels their plans for all the girls to go and stay at his sister's place. They all say, "All right, well, why don't we go with this girl to uh, her aunt's?" Um, and I believe the the girl who is the niece is gorgeous. Yeah. That's yep. her name. And her friend is mm-hmm. Fantasy, who is the girl who basically makes it to the end. Sort of.
3: Right. I think, well, yeah, right. yeah. I, I
2: think they all get devoured, they, but, I, but I, Fantasy she's the is last. last. one, yeah, yeah.
3: She's the last one.
2: Because <laughs> Kung Fu almost
3: makes it. Because she's kicking ass. And I love how they edit um, oh, yeah. all the fight scenes. It's very sporadic, but it's not, like, it's hyper-cut. But it's hyper-cut in the way that you would want a hyper-cut you know, action sequence oh, yeah. to be everything is uh, coherent.
2: Yeah, well, because the, the the characters just like will suddenly just move with like big exaggerated motions, like they're dancing, right. and the cameras will just all of a sudden take off with the character, and like mm-hmm. it makes no sense in the space that's currently been established, <laughs> and it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, oh yeah, it'll turn into like a kung fu movie for for five seconds at a time, and all of a sudden it's zooming in on certain like. You know, uh, arm movements and, and objects that are flying around, and then it just stops, and the movie's back. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Yeah,
2: yeah. And the the the, the larger story is just that the ant um, had uh, a husband uh, who died in the war. Uh, World War Two, yeah. yes, yeah. Uh, and she's kind of just been um, uh, traumatized by that, and doesn't want, and basically is just constantly waiting in the house for her husband to return because the husband promised that he would um, come back one day, yeah. kind of deal. Which
3: I guess has led her to some some jealousy or envy of uh, of youth and unmarried girls, maybe something people with no commitment. It seems. Because it like seems that, yeah. like it, it, she's a little resentful for what's happened to her. Of
2: specifically, like young virgin yes. was the idea, right? Yeah, um, yeah. that she, <laughs> she's like, get married, get. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. It's. It, I. I think, it, to me, it seemed like she was just kind of a little bit envious of the fact that she had this circumstance that she has to live with. I mean, she loved her husband, and now that he's never coming back, and, and, she well, has and to she's deal definitely in a, and a bit she of sees denial. Them as, like, a total... They're free. You know, they're still... They have... They don't have those... Those woes at all. In fact, they're just going to school. There's no war. There's no... You know, so...
2: I do... I do love that they play with the idea that Mr. Togo, I guess, who made a promise to come visit them at the aunt's House, is... Who also made a promise is the idea that the Mister Togo kind of becomes. I thought for a oh, bit okay, that yeah. the the first time I watched this film, I thought for a bit that Mister Togo was going to become uh, like the husband mm-hmm. that they were just going to be yeah. like, there you go, your look at your husband came back or whatever. Yeah,
3: yeah. no, I could have seen <laughs> but that. But no,
2: instead there's a subversion. He turns into a pile of bananas. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> that's what they want. Uh, yeah, that's the, that, that's how yeah. it works in real life. You know, like the <laughs> exactly. husband doesn't come back. He's a pile of bananas. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: to yeah. me, this movie is all about that gen. Uh, clash, and I don't know enough. Uh, bids to talk totally comprehensively on this, but to me, to me, this is like you know the aunt is this older generation who lived through the war and lost a lot, and you know, kind of uh, Obayashi's generation. Um, and these girls represent this generation who just doesn't have that trauma, are very careful. They don't really care about tradition or you know uh, institutions like marriage. Um, and there is that resentment of like I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna show these girls I'm gonna they're they're gonna in a lot in the way that a lot of a lot of horror movies are it's like I'm gonna punish these girls for their transgressions of not being traditional.
2: Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. It's very it's very much um, the the ki- the kids don't understand. You know they they don't they don't value the sort of like peace that they have at this current moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm gonna take it from them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
2: I'm <laughs> uh, gonna devour them one by one uh, in all kinds of bizarre horror ways. And in uh, a way,
3: do you think she wants to? Because she she latches specifically on the gorgeous, so it might be a way of her to get that that youth back and kind of. I think of that's a sense definitely that where freedom. we get to at the end. Yes, right. That right. she
2: wants that she she's gonna become youthful again, and probably mm. she's gonna wait out she's going to keep waiting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe one day, uh, cause I, cause I think that's the implication is that she's kind of devouring young girls for their youth the same way that they would have been captain, captain Cronus. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's all kinds of really bizarre horror sequences in this, that kind of, um, as, as the house one by one kind of takes on, um, each, each girl, um, and yeah, pretty much every single one of them is amazing. I, I really enjoyed the the mirror one, which I think is the closest to like an actual David Lynch scene. Um, yes. <laughs> um, the one where that she's looking in the mirror and then she sort of gets trapped in the mirror and then she gets broken into mirror pieces and then is on fire inside <laughs> yeah. that little, like it's almost like she opens up like a, like a space yeah. and inside the space is fire. <laughs> and I was just
1: like, what? <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the scene in the movie that to me is like genuinely horrifying. Like the the imagery there of her like her face breaking apart and the fire, and the, and she's looking into the mirror, and there's also fire. Um, is like genuinely scary, in the and the like the rest of the movie is kind of campy and fun. Like it is a horror comedy, as you said. It is not. Uh, well, I, I showed this in college a bunch of freshman students assured them I had to assure them beforehand like it's okay to laugh at this movie don't don't feel bad don't feel like you're disrespecting it because it is Mm. it's it's supposed to be funny not like you're laughing at it you're making fun of it
2: oh yeah no like it's in on the like the cat the cat is amazing this is one
1: of the best movie
2: cats of all time (laughs) yeah
3: great performance absolutely by Blanche
2: (laughs) yeah uh and I, I love all the different ways that they fit like allusions to the cat just like in the peripheries of the frame sometime I lost when the cat is on the bus. Did you see the bit with the cat on the bus? I don't think I noticed. They, no. they, they take the bus to the aunt's place and they're all getting okay. all excited about going on their little summer trip. And on the side of the bus is a giant white cat painted onto the bus. Oh okay. Uh, and as it drives away, you can see it like very clearly. And oh, okay, I w- I just
3: maybe I wasn't looking. <laughs> and there's for and, it and there's like the paintings
2: of the cat all over the house. Yeah. And like the cat is always just like hanging out nearby somewhere, like in the corner or on a roof or or it's always scheming. And and the cat is the one that actually ends up convincing or at least showing up to the girl to tell her to go to her aunt's. Because mm-hmm. the, the the cat the cat is in in cahoots here.
3: Yeah, it's got the the green eyes the the demon powers
2: oh yeah <laughs> Uh, and I'm trying to think of uh, Some of the others So we, we talked about the, the mirror one And there's the The, the piano, piano one, one especially yeah. Is crazy
3: that I think pretty famous too
2: Yeah That was um, actually
3: The only clip I've seen Of this movie Prior to actually
2: seeing right, it Right That's so. definitely One of the most famous bits yeah. Is is that And then obviously There's the The watermelon That turns into A decapitated head That bites the girl In the butt Yeah that was a
3: great scene And I I, I gotta say I mean obviously You can tell that the You know the effects Are a little outdated They're doing this In the 70s But for the time and for, I assume, the budget that they had, it, it looks, looks good, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I was like, holy yeah. shit, that, that sequence was actually really impressive. I did not expect that at all. They, they really take advantage of every bit of technology that, that he had at his uh, fingertips. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't see them go for a lot of these like there, you know, there's uh, there's drawings on the film, you know, like they have the graphics and stuff. You don't see that a lot, uh, at least in the films that we've covered. So
2: yeah, no, they, the went the, the, the old school like analog effects in this are really right. impressive and really yeah. um, uh, like they, they 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 hold up, especially in just the way that the film was constructed to make them look good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I I love the scene, um, which I guess was taken straight from one of the daughter's most literal anxieties, which was. Uh, the girl who drowns in a pile of mattresses, mattresses yeah. Uh, which was, I guess she, yep. the, the daughter always was told to like grab futons from the closet or something like that and like pull them out. Uh, and, and But she was so small falling. that they would always fall on her. And that there's a whole scene in this where just a sea of mattresses just <laughs> yeah. like fall all over this girl, and there's feathers flying everywhere, and it does that glass floor effect, like we talked about on the the female prisoner, yeah,
3: uh, where great. it goes
2: underneath the floor, and she's like squished up against it, and it's just like, yeah, and it's it
3: feel <laughs> her claustrophobia, and like yeah, it's great,
2: yeah, and then the the house starts like slamming and shutting all the doors on its own, and <laughs> the floor <laughs> opens the floor up,
3: It's <laughs> 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 like everything, the house just expands and and becomes almost a living body
2: the cat and, uh, and the cat painting starts spewing blood everywhere yeah just, and then it becomes a, a, a river of blood and they're riding on the doors and it's just like again the fact that this got made and it works is pretty insane in with teeth
3: and pulling <laughs> the girls into the bath like into the water it's just absolutely batshit uh, it's amazing so, some
2: of the characters change sizes and one girl gets like giant it just turns into a giant lips for like yeah. 10 seconds yep one girl I gets strangled gorgeous, by by a phone cord. Yep, that's right. alive. Because that's
3: when I think the when uh, I think it was gorgeous that she's this at this point. I think she's possessed by the the ant, and she ex, uh, explains how um, she only hunts like unmarried young girls and stuff like that. Uh, and that that's what the house eats, essentially. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think it was gorgeous. That was the displaced lips and the displaced all the big lips. eyes and all that.
1: Yep, that was that was kung fu getting strangled by the phone cord too.
2: Right. And yeah, the again the the way that it's it's styled here, where it's like constantly zooming and spinning and 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 moving, and then sometimes it'll for a, for one segment it just goes into stop motion
3: for yeah. like thirty
2: seconds. Uh, yep. Did
3: you? Did, I actually found that to be a little odd. I wasn't sure what they were going for at that sequence. Did you get a take <laughs> on that? or read? <laughs> I
1: don't know. Yeah, I wasn't
3: <laughs> sure. Uh, Jay, so, what, uh, anything that you had?
1: The, this is something that has. Bothered me every time I watch this movie. <laughs> and I, I think the idea is that it's just this is when the moment when they find gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. And at this moment, at this point, she's possessed and clearly something is wrong. Um, and I think it's just meant to convey that something is off. Something is off. Something Feeling is not right. Sure. Um, and, and I don't know how successful it is, but it's again, it's an example of like they're throwing every single filmmaking technique at the wall and just yeah. seeing what sticks. And almost all of it sticks. For this sure. This doesn't super work for me, but like it's it's an interesting moment.
3: Yeah, because at one point uh, I did go. It, it just might off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did I get like just because a... it went for so long? So I was like, oh, maybe this isn't part of the movie. And then it went back, and I'm like, okay, it is. It but that there was that one moment that kind of that threw me off a little bit. But I I felt like he had to have had a reason. I just wasn't reading it correctly.
2: Yeah, the the reason was like I'm gonna do everything (laughs) yeah, (laughs) which hey i can respect you want to fight some flying logs that are on fire you got it (laughs) Uh, oh
1: god i love that i love that kung fu like defies the gimmick death that the house has in store for her just because she's so cool Um, (laughs) (laughs)
3: yeah kung fu is the shit I think she was oh, probably God. my favorite that's... character. I think I, I've, I read out that it seems to be a lot of people's favorite characters, but oh uh, yeah, definitely. she's amazing. Definitely. Well,
2: because the, that's an example of a character's energy just literally yeah. taking over the film, right? Absolutely. And like the the camera very much get like gets into her headspace every time that she's doing something. Mm-hmm. She um, almost becomes like the main
3: character at a certain point. You kind of follow her more around in the latter half than gorgeous because gorgeous is being possessed and and mm-hmm. whatever. And eventually, they start to focus more on the last three girls that are uh in
2: the house yeah prof prof the smart girl uh is mac the one that goes first is mac yeah
3: she's the one that bites the watermelon (laughs) yeah she 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 got a taste of the booty yeah
2: Yeah. (laughs) damn watermelons that's just how it goes uh and oh man i'm trying to address other other things in my notes here i wrote something about a hair in a bath I thought someone was going to get strangled by hair for some reason. Oh, yeah, because
3: hair rises and then and then goes back down. I, yeah. I felt like that was more, I guess, uh, just
2: a... Something strange. Yeah, like, <laughs> like
3: something strange is happening. Because I think that's at the beginning when they first get into the house. And they're, mm. weird things are happening, but it's not to the... Uh, that's oh, the extent. I forgot about that the fishbowl and the, in the piano
2: scene. The fishbowl when it like lightning strikes the fishbowl or something like that, okay. and like the the girl has the one hand in it, and then the fish is like out of the bowl, and this is when the girl's getting eaten by the piano, and all of her limbs are sticking out in like def- different directions out of the piano, right? And I just like how many moving pieces can you fit into like a sequence <laughs> yeah. and then there's a there's always <laughs> a dancing real. skeleton in the background of those scenes too yeah yeah oh my god the dancing skeleton the, <laughs> the i love it
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> he is the, he's like just so, so upbeat the entire time
1: he's yeah a and, great and the time.
3: actual
2: like set of the house is pretty amazing oh yeah um, yeah yeah they and just
3: then, they they use it uh in such an amazing way i just can't believe there's so much of inventive scares and
2: stuff in this that i don't think have ever been really tried again and i'm kind of just like
3: why yeah yeah for real like this is a an extremely unconventional horror movie and because of that it it makes it even the weirdness adds to the horror a little bit because you're just so it's so it's 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 uneasy at times yeah it's just it's just so bizarre exactly But what's so weird is that it still keeps this upbeat... Until, I guess, the last, like, 15 minutes. But Mm -hmm. it still keeps this upbeat vibe. Yeah, uh, there's one really sad moment where Gorgeous has
2: been possessed and Fantasy is, like, reaching out to her while on the the, uh, the sort of like last door in the, the stream of blood. Right. Uh, and she's so reaching out to, to gorgeous and gorgeous. And then yeah, right. she calls her mommy and then clearly she gets devoured obviously is yeah. kind of the implication there. Yeah, um, cause when we return in, in, in she's what should anymore. be her best friend's arms basically, which is a really sad moment yeah. when you think about it. <laughs>
3: yeah, Absolutely. And then I guess that's kind of where it leads to, uh, the stepmother coming and discovering, um gorgeous. Now she's in the classic uh what are they called those those uh dresses that The
1: they're... bridal gown?
3: Yeah, yeah. I thought it's called something though. It's the just that Japanese uh, gown that that
0: oh, a uh, kimono. Women wear.
3: Kimono, that's that that's is? the one. Yeah. Mm. And it's the same kimono that the aunt wore I think in the flashback from World War II, so yes. you know she's kind of become the aunt. And... Yeah, it seems like
2: she's taken over gorgeous's body and she has yeah. a new youthful body now exactly. again. Exactly. Yeah. And um, then she
3: kind of ex- I love that 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 line where uh, she's saying that they're all asleep now, but they'll get hungry and they'll rise when they do or whatever. It's just kind of <laughs> and
2: and to the stepmom, that's
3: just oh, it's it's you know it's morning time. They'll get up when they want breakfast. But. Yeah, and then but I, I,
2: I absolutely <laughs> she love the, the final moments where she looks into the camera and it's almost as if uh, Obiashi. Is this when she's
3: holding fantasy? On the stairs? No, no. This
2: is uh, the the very last shot of the movie, basically. Oh, okay. Which is when she's sort of, like, vaguely looking into the camera, and uh, it's almost like Obayashi, like, knew people would be like, what in the hell? What was that about? Uh, Like, what was this movie about? I don't understand. Uh, And she looks into the camera, and she just says, like, some sort of, like, sort of... Uh, like hollow platitudes about love. She was like, this whole thing is just a, it's a love story. It's, it's about the power of love. Yeah. And I'm like, is it It kind of is <laughs> yeah, sure <laughs> it's about how I've... horrifyingly powerful it is. Yeah,
3: Cause I feel, I mean, I feel as if, uh, I mean the stepmom doesn't it, it, do anything. It seems like a, like a, like a unless knowing getting a scene, right? The the stepmom doesn't do anything wrong. She seems like she really wants to be a mother and wants to help Gorgeous and whatever. And even by the end of this film, I thought maybe it would, you know, Gorgeous would learn a lesson or something like that, like (laughs) to accept the love and maybe she can move forward from her mother's death and things like Mm -hmm. that. But instead, she incinerates the stepmother (laughs) and completely wipes that relationship away. (laughs) So I was like, oh, damn. (laughs) Like, that's not a very. uh, Upbeat ending for the rest of the upbeat vibe that I got in this in this film. So I, it uh, threw me for, for a loop a little bit there. Because
2: because what what I think he's gesturing towards is sort of like a mutilated kind of love. Yeah, is that yeah. this that the 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 sort of things and the context for things like love severely changed when the atomic bomb <laughs> dropped on Japan, <laughs> uh, and that that obviously changed her life forever and literally losing her husband. But it also kind of changed. You know um
3: and now it's gone on to affect even the younger generation ec- exactly
2: yeah. it's that like they, they're they you know they're not past this yet and that a lot of this stuff has infected everyone else and that it's going to clearly continue to yeah Um, and I don't even think he really provides an answer on where that's gonna go he's just like this is actually just terrible Um, yeah (laughs) yeah exactly and it's a very sort of like twisted like perverse view of that But uh, you know strangely enough it actually did kind of work for me with the rest of the film as a movie also just sort of like strangely hyperactive and sort of always twisting and mutilating and subverting things that you might expect otherwise because I love the bit with it, it always cuts back to Mr. Togo like he's going to be like a hero there's even a part where it does it in the style of like the big like the end where he's riding in on like horseback uh, and it comes up in big text like big the end night. he saved everyone yeah, like exactly, exactly. like I, I love yeah. how it always cuts back to that and then he's just like doing something like completely mundane, just like eating some ramen or he's coming back and having a weird conversation with the watermelon man about how he doesn't like watermelons. He likes yeah, bananas. You know, speaking uh, of
3: the noodle, uh, the noodles that you just said there, there's a weird ass scene where they go into a yes.
2: noodle bar
3: and there's a bear <laughs> in, a, in a fucking kimono. And he's just like, like there's no reason as far as I'm concerned, but it, it I don't know. I loved it.
2: I mean, Mm. it's, it's some, there, there are moments. It's this own weirdo universe that is completely (laughs) its own and all of the stuff makes, makes enough sense or makes such little sense that you buy it. Except the rest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like there's nothing here that stands out in particular that I would be like, no, that's completely unacceptable in this universe because yeah, <laughs> by the end I was ready to pretty much go anywhere with Yeah. Like, whatever <laughs> you
3: want to throw at me, man. I'm down.
1: <laughs> that noodle scene is my favorite cut in the movie because it starts with um it's them in like the upstairs room like huddled around terrified and then I with noodles in his mouth appear frame with them and then it cuts to mr togo at the noodle shop and it's like across this cut this guy has suddenly appeared in the house it's this bizar- and yeah. again it's this example of like of uh edit editing without cuts and without editing just like crossing uh images through each other yeah um, and combining them in weird ways
3: definitely and it makes because you you're thinking yourself like why is this guy in the house all of a sudden and then all of a sudden you're in a bar with a bear yeah it's
2: like an assault on the eyes like (laughs) like the 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 amounts of of (laughs) of jump cuts and like weird like speed ramping sometimes and like it's just you know the the actual style is clearly by a guy who's used to getting you hooked for two or three minutes for sure. Um, and being like, now you've been hooked, except it's extended over 90 minutes. And like, that is, <laughs> yeah. it's very engaging and absolutely mm-hmm. bonkers. Yeah. Um, Definitely. And I think that'll lead us into the reductive rating round on this for one. Sure. But for me, uh, this one's a five. I don't, it nice. wasn't a five the first time I watched it. Um, because the first time I watched it, I was like, what in the world? But watching That's it... That's kind of where I'm at. But, I, but <laughs> I, I picked up the Criterion and I for this rewatch and I was, I was watching it the second time and I was just noticing more things. Yeah. And I just realized that this thing is just a complete joy from beginning to end and that mm-hmm. clearly this guy, Obiashi filled it uh, the same way that uh, Jay was talking about in regard to David Lynch kind of like wanting to stuff everything because am I ever going to get to make another movie? I don't know. That feels like even more truthful in this film <laughs> yeah. where it's just like how many different filmmaking techniques and and styles and weird uh, you know cutting and setups and camera work can I fit into a movie and Also, there is something weirdly personal about the horror coming from a a little girl's point of view in this story Mm -hmm. um, and about sort of Obayashi's own anxieties about a post-war Japan. And I think the infusion of all of them with these very genuine fears into this more like national fear does combine in an interesting way um and is surprisingly coherent for a film that is so baffling on a more literal sense that the fact that it makes thematic sense uh is insanely impressive <laughs> yeah no,
3: yeah i'll agree with you there for sure um i'm gonna give it a four for now it's a very high four and honestly after this conversation and 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 I kind of like what you just said when you first watched it, you were kind of just like, what? the?" Fuck it's a lot I to just? take in on right. a first viewing. And I think that's just where I'm at right now. Some of these genre benders can be a little bit uh, too much for me at times. But after having this conversation, reviewing it in my head, just as this because it is it's just so upbeat. There's there's not an unenjoyable moment in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I also love that they found a way to have you actually care about seven different or six or seven different uh, characters in a 90 minute film. Like I felt like I got to know pretty much every character, even the ones that leave early, like Mac or whatever. I mm-hmm. felt like there was still
2: a lot of life to them. Mac's um, so sweet. Everyone he, should stop calling her fat.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, for, sweet yeah. is the sweet one.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about sweet. I actually literally <laughs> forgot. <about
3: sweet. laughs> yeah. I did, so, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to give it a four for now, but I could easily see this, uh, becoming a five on, uh, on a rewatch. So
1: sweet. And for you, Jay, Oh, this is an easy, easy five. I would give nice. this a six if I could. I, <laughs> I Like I said, this is, this is my favorite film. I, I adore it. And it really, it does open up on rewatch. Every yeah. time I rewatch this, I notice something else. Um, the only regret I have is that I couldn't see this on like a shitty VHS tape uh, on like a tube tee in my basement at midnight one night that that to me is the ideal way to experience this film <laughs> <Hell> yeah <laughs> um it's one of those movies that you just kind of have to see in that format um but i yeah i i adore everything about it beginning to end easy five
2: nice awesome well i think that'll just about wrap it up for this week's show that would have been a racer head and House, a uh, bit of a wild, ass film. bit of a wild double feature. Uh, thanks, Jason, <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming for on and bringing up, these two films. Um, hey, thanks
1: so much for having me. I
2: had a great time. Usually, the double five uh, doesn't doesn't happen a lot, so I think these yeah. two are going to climb the ranks pretty fast. Oh yeah. Uh, but this is the part of the show, Jay, where if you've got anything to plug, you
1: can do it right here. All right. Well, you can follow me um, on Twitter at Jay underscore Rosenfield. Um I do writing on Medium at medium.com/slash at j underscore rosenfield it's a weird url and if you, if that's hard to remember it's just linked on my twitter page um but there you, there you can find all my writing and i do more writing on twitter than anywhere else so cool. you can follow me there but you've been doing a couple articles
2: on medium i can recommend uh your uh um i would say the wolfenstein 2 one i thought was really Ooh, awesome
3: nice did you, uh, were you, so you were you a fan
2: Oh, I loved it, yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. It, it convinced me to pick up the game, which I yeah. definitely still haven't finished yet, but I'm about a couple hours in, and I've That's been good. really enjoying it. I enjoy it. And yeah, all kinds of writing on uh, film and video games. Um, so if you want anything like that, I would highly recommend uh, following Jay. Check him out. Um, but... Uh, what
3: are we doing uh, next week? Next week is the Holy Mountain and
2: uh, the, devils. the Devils. Ken Russell's. Ken which, Russell's. Oh the my devils. God! Which
3: yeah, which were yeah. Th- these these like these four. Uh, movies that we've been watching here, the these two that we just did, and then the next two have just been mind benders. <laughs> like, oh that's my
1: a, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, i that watched was, them in the was past, just like, three, three days. You, you, my brain's
2: on fire. You recommended uh, doing these two, and then I was like, okay, well, I got a couple mind benders of my own I want to get off the list. And generally, we try to, like, have the bonus episode kind of flow from the free episode a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah, as much um, as we can. But I also hadn't seen either of them, The Holy Mountain or The Devils. They were just two really huge blind yeah. spots for me that I wanted to kind They've of cross off the list. They've been on my list. Not,
3: the Devils, not really, uh, although uh, uh, now, now, holy yeah. hell. Yeah. Uh, and The Holy <laughs> Mountain, though, has been on my list forever, so it was nice to finally Yeah, to so we. I,
2: I was like, what films have been banned? <laughs> was <laughs> yeah. kind of like my thought process on that, right? Yeah. What, have, well, what, what sacrilegious uh, uh, <laughs> Grace, crimes can yes. we commit? Yeah. Uh, so that's what we're going to be doing on next week's show. It's, that was um, Jodorowsky's The Holy Mountain yeah. and Ken Russell's the devils, both sort of religious oriented, um, absolute craziness. <laughs> yep. Um, so that's going to be on the Patreon episode, uh, for, uh, all of our patrons out there. So again, if you want that episode, it's, uh, patreon.com slash Sleezoids podcast. Yep. But for free listeners, two weeks from now, we are going to be back and what are we talking? Oh, oh forget these ones. <laughs> we are going to be talking gremlins. Oh, that's and that episode? Gremlins Gremlins 2. Uh, with two very special guests that I am so excited to have that I'm going to announce yeah, them uh, ahead of time this time. We're going to be having Matt Chrisman from Chapo Chap House. Yeah. He's coming on to talk Gremlins and Gremlins 2, as well as the uh, <laughs> anonymous runner of the official Gremlins 2 Institute of Studies Twitter account. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's going to be a good
2: one. So we're having those two guests on to come on and talk about the uh, the weirdo... Uh, hmm. Politics of Gremlins and Gremlins 2, uh, which are both phenomenal films by uh, Joe Dante.
3: And I've never seen them, so I'm excited.
2: So, free listeners, that's what you can expect uh, two weeks from now.
3: Yeah, sweet.
2: <laughs> so, that's, that's the show. Uh, thanks so much, as always, for listening. Uh, if you guys have been digging the show, as always, go to Patreon, go to iTunes. Give us a good old rating on iTunes. Um, and keep it sleazy. Keep it sleazy.